May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. During this past week, I'm sure many people, maybe even some gathered here today, have begun the process of putting up their Christmas tree, decorating their homes, going to office parties, addressing and sending out Christmas cards, and going shopping, making certain that they took advantage of the QVC's Today's Special Value or the Kohl's Buy One, Get One Half Off Sale event or the ever-popular 50% off sale at JCPenney. After all, it's Christmas. A time of year for family and friends. A time for charity. A time for giving and receiving of gifts. Probably many of those from those special sales that you went to. And families are already preparing the menu for the family Christmas dinner. And also making all kinds of goodies to put out for Santa. After all, it's Christmas. It's a time of joy and celebration. A time of laughter, a kissing and hugging. A time to go caroling and drinking hot chocolate. A time to forget about all the chaos that's going on currently in our world. A time to experience family traditions. And then today we come face to face with John the Baptist who seems to be bent on putting a damper on our holiday joy with his blessing of repentance of sin and changing and challenging us to get our acts together. Merry Christmas. Now I think it would be safe to say that John the Baptist is not interested in any way, shape, or form in a 50% off coupon at JCPenney. After all, he wore clothes made of camel hair, had a crude homemade leather belt around his waist. Come to think of it, John the Baptist probably would have done very well on the television series Survivor. But then again, I get to thinking, and he probably may have been the first one voted off the island because of the things he said. You see, John doesn't seem to hold the same holiday sentimentality that most people share during the month of December. He doesn't use all of those little cute cliches about caring, sharing, family, giving, hugging, and singing carols. And you can tell right away that John is not a salesman. John the Baptist is not going to try to sweet talk anything into anyone. And he's certainly not a politician trying to match his words to whatever the popular opinion of the day is. You know, come to think of it, John the Baptist is kind of a breath of fresh air. All because of his message. And that message of repentance for our sins hits us right here. Hits us right in the heart. I wonder what it would really be like if John the Baptist sat across from you at your kitchen table today. 
when you tell you, hey, the tree looks great, and I love all of those little decorations and all the tchotchkes that you got put up. And thanks for the laughing and sharing and caring and loving you have shown to me while preparing for Christmas. I don't think so. You see, I'm betting his message would be the same today as it was so many years ago. Preaching a baptism of repentance. I'm betting John would tell you and tell me that we need to repent and that there's something deeply, deeply troubling within each and every one of us. And it's time to change. So I wonder, how would we respond? Maybe you would think to yourself, are you kidding me? This guy doesn't know me. I'm fine the way I am. I work hard. I take care of my personal responsibilities. Sure, I'm not perfect, but I'm okay. Well, my friends, in there, in there lies the problem. We're not perfect. And Scripture makes it crystal clear that God is not satisfied with just okay. God wants you and He wants me to be the perfect husband, the perfect wife, the perfect parent, the perfect son or daughter. You need to be perfect at your job. You need to be perfect at school. You need to be perfectly loving, perfectly patient, perfectly kind, perfectly generous. Not just in your actions, but also in your thinking and in your heart. You need to be a perfect Christian. A perfect person of prayer, a perfect worshiper, a perfect student of the Word of God. You need to have perfect priorities. For simple. Jesus says, be perfect as your Heavenly Father is perfect. But you know, and I know, we're not perfect, and we're probably not ever going to be perfect. That's why John the Baptist would say to you and to me, repent and make your path straight for the Lord. And I think he would also add a little caveat, as best you can. I ran across this past week a symbolic reference to the message of John the Baptist and what he is trying to convey to us. And it's the three R's of repentance. The first R is recognizing we've got a problem. And that's hard to do. We don't want to look at ourselves in a mirror and say, you're, you're bad. Today's gospel tells us that that's exactly, however, what the first Christians did. The whole of Judea in the countryside, the Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to John the Baptist, recognizing and confessing their sins. Well, what would that mean for us today? Well, I think that would mean that where we have been less than perfect in our lives, we need to change. How have we dealt with the people around us? What about our relationship with God? How have we fallen short in our thoughts and our actions? Maybe we need to do that. The second R is receiving forgiveness from God for our sins. Our gospel talks about a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. My friends, God forgives us of all of our imperfections. 
our gospel says, the people that came out to John at the Jordan River to receive God's forgiveness through the sacrament of baptism. Today, you and I also receive that very same forgiveness when we were baptized. As well as every time you hear God's forgiveness spoken to you. But here's the catch. You must be willing to receive God's forgiveness. Which on the surface seems like a pretty simple thing to do. But unfortunately for many, it's just the opposite. It's very difficult to receive His forgiveness. And the final R is reforming your life. That means that after you have been forgiven for being so impatient, you become more patient in your life. After you have been forgiven for having a bad temper, you become more gentle. After you have been forgiven for being greedy, you become more generous. After you have been forgiven for disobeying God and making excuses, you begin to obey God's word. Not because you have to, but because you want to. You change from the self-centeredness of pleasure to a person who puts others first. Yes, the final R of repentance is when your life is reformed from how it was before. Now, I'm soon to be 75. And I have to be honest, I ask myself, how are you going to do this? Where can I find the strength to change and reform my life? After all, I've been who I am for a long time now. Well, I think John the Baptist would tell me to put my trust in Jesus as my only help. John the Baptist would remind me of today's lesson that after him will come one more powerful than he, the thongs on whose sandals he is not worthy to stoop down and untie. Someone coming not only as a babe in a manger this Christmas, but also a second and final time as Lord and Savior of all. Today, John the Baptist is begging each of us to be prepared for that second coming of Christ. And if we are struggling with change in our lives, that Christ Jesus is the only one to give us the courage to confess our sins to God. He is the only one who can take away every single one of our sins. He is the only one who will strengthen you and strengthen me into a new person and a new creation. John the Baptist says, I will baptize you with water, but he who is coming will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Someone greater, more powerful, more compelling, more amazing than anyone that has ever lived. And he is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who is coming again for the last time in great glory. We must be prepared. He will demonstrate his power in all kinds of ways. And his gift of the Holy Spirit will provide hope and love just for you. But it is imperative that you be willing to receive that gift of love and grace by being prepared for his glorious return. You know, I couldn't help but notice 
recently that there are a lot of holiday recipes being shared this time of the year. A recipe for eggnog with that dash of that special little ingredient, if uh, you know what I mean. Or a special recipe for Christmas cookies and all different kinds of other recipes. It just seems to be that time of year, not only for sharing our love, but also sharing our recipes. Now, obviously, John the Baptist didn't have a lot of recipes people might be interested in, unless you're planning on dipping your grasshoppers in honey this Christmas. But I wonder, what would John the Baptist tell us if we were to ask him, what is the recipe for a successful Christmas? Well, I think according to our text this morning, John the Baptist would tell us to prepare ourselves for this Advent season, adding just two main ingredients for a recipe for a successful Christmas. First, a soul full of repentance. And second, a heart full of Jesus Christ. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.